I'm Mike Sheridan, and this is The Dell. Hi, you're very welcome along to another episode of The Delve with me, Mike Sheridan, brought to you by our pals, our compadres at Spotlight Oral Care. If you use the code DELVE25 at the site there below there now, uh, you'll get 25% off at checkout of everything on site. So we're six episodes in to this season of The Delve. Uh, it's been really good fun so far. I hope if you subscribed or if you've watched a few interviews that you've really enjoyed it. My guest today is America's dad. It's Bob Saget who I think Irish audiences in particular will know from Full House, if you're of a certain age, if you're of a certain vintage, and Fuller House, which was more recently on Netflix. Bob uh, started a podcast a few months back called Bob Saget is Here For You. And we go into the details of why he called it that, uh, which I thought was really interesting. He's a superstar in the States. He's been a constant uh, on American television for decades, and he's very much loved there. His podcast is really good fun. The conversations are very much off the cuff, uh, like this one is that you're about to watch. And he has had some superstars on, and he will continue to have some superstars on because he's Bob Saget. The Bill Burr episode in particular is very funny, and he's also had John Hamm on, who I think are pals, and it's just a really great conversation. But Bob talks about how he felt like America needed him a little bit. Uh, And I think that's fair, especially with everything that's kind of going on over there in particular at the moment. He's America's dad, as I said. So quick reminder that you can look at the time codes below this interview. If there's a certain thing you want to see if we talked about, the code, the time code of when we talked about it will be there and a little description. Probably should have pointed this out six episodes ago, but it's under every single interview if you're watching the show. Uh, and don't forget as well, you can listen to the show. It's available on all podcast platforms. So I hope you enjoyed this really fun chat with Bob Saget. Bob, how are you? I'm good. How are you holding up? I'm good. I'm good. Hang on. I just want to make sure this pins to your side because uh, my girlfriend's actually my makeshift camera person through quarantine. That's <laughs> good. She says she says hello. 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 What's her name? What's your name? Joe. I'm Joe. My wife Kelly's asleep. Oh, oh I sent God. her alone. What time is I it will. today, Bob? It's 9 a.m. So she's sleeping oh, late. But what is there to do? How are you guys getting on through everything? We're okay. Are you in quarantine also? We were. It was pretty heavy lockdown here most of April and May, but it wasn't too bad even then. They weren't enforcing it massively. Like the cops would pull you over and ask where you were going, but then they'd let you go. But right. There's kind of there's a lot going on in LA at the moment though, right? Oh, it's, 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 it's pretty strong. It's going to be for a while. But, um, you know, we're starting to go out. We made dinner plans to go to a restaurant that's at a third capacity. So uh, we're doing what, you know, what you do during something we've never experienced before ever in the history of our lives. Are you guys getting on okay? You know, the yeah, whole- yeah. That's what, this is a test. You guys, obviously I can see if she's running your tech, you guys are getting along. <laughs> but we, we, you know, it's a test. Some people are going to get divorced when this thing's over, you know. A lot of people so, are going to get divorced when this thing is over. Yeah, or you split up or go fun. back. To, I'm going back to my parents. Oh, well, you can't. You'll kill them. You can't go there. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll get the infection from you. Um, <laughs> we are doing amazing. We're just binge watching TV shows, you know. And, what are you watching? Uh, 
We just, I rewatched Boardwalk Empire because um, I'm big on um, history and I had watched it years ago, but this is um, quite, it's more meaningful because it really is relevant to what's happening in, in the United States right now. This, all the racial tension is in there uh, because you see where people had to come from and, and how hard it was for, um, how hard it was to be a black American how hard it was to be a woman, how hard it was to be um, a black woman would probably be the one of the more difficult. And how the, the Irish and, and, and um, took over the Scottish and were running things with the mob. So we just <laughs> finished it last night. So it's the opposite of a feel good uh, world. You know, a great, that, it's a great show though. It's a great show and I won't tell anybody how it ends, but it, it's, you know, it's not Disney. <laughs> How do you find as a comedian when you're doing, uh, when you're touring, when you eventually be able to go back on tour, hopefully sooner rather than later, with touching some of the more taboo stuff of, you know, everything that's maybe not that's in the news, that's a little bit raw, but you know, the, the quarantine stuff. Well, it's interesting because uh, uh, you have late night, you have a late night host, you have, you have hosts that come out and talk about what's going on, right? And make comedy out of it yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and we get, we get all the shows as well, like Colbert and Seth Meyers. And, and John Oliver, you got yeah, John. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, and Bill Maher, those are shows that give you a very strong view. A lot of it is, um, well, it's, it, it's becoming more moderate, but it's, it's really about human rights and human, and what's right. That's kind of where I fall. So as my standup was going, I was about to start a tour um, I really want to come over there and do stand up. A lot love of my have friends you. have done it. I would love it. Bill Burr, Jim Gaffigan, people that are, are dear friends of mine have said, Oh, you got to play, you got to play there. Come on. Are you crazy? Um, and, and we were in Dublin not long ago last year and we were pretty much in pubs drunk the whole time. <laughs> we had a really, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we just, we, just loved it. And Craig Ferguson's a friend, so we stayed in, we went to Scotland and stayed at his his house that's haunted. That was fun. I love haunted places. You don't yeah. have enough in America. <laughs> you got to you gotta go to Ireland, Scotland, maybe England. Uh, I didn't mean a lot of ghosts there. But my stand-up was geared, was becoming a kind of a, not a platform, but I had a lot of material about racism and how I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, which is where... A lot of people settled in the South. Jamestown was not far away. Um, you know, all the famous places where the settlers came. Uh, a lot of Irish people, a lot of British, obviously. And um, it was it was it was already there because I already felt it. We were already. And that's why I started this podcast that has my name in it. It's very hard to say your name in a sentence. Could you say the name of it for me? It's very painful to say my own name. Bob Saget's there for you. Thank you. It's here for you. Here for you. Spoke. Sorry. But actually, there's a better thing. There. I think maybe we so, should no, that, change that would, it. That would employ you were somewhere else, though, wouldn't it? That would, like over there. That's my. Right. I don't know. It's very simple to put a T on there. It's just <laughs> it's all done. Um, but we've been doing a bunch of episodes, and I've had a lot of people that I that I have been friends with and known for years, like Tiffany Haddish and John Stamos was the first, and John Mayer and Jim Gaffigan and John Hamm is on right now and um just a, a lot of really special people norman lear who is 97 years old who really started 
in the in the 70s with all in the family and a lot of major television shows Legends. and good yeah. times and the jeffersons and it was all about racial bias and that's what he was about in fact my wife kelly and i have a virtual dinner with him and his wife lynn tomorrow night oh that's really sweet 97 he's a he's a genius i mean if anybody uh, googles norman lear he started, you know, he owned the declar a copy, one of the two, of the Declaration of Independence for many years. And then he uh, sold it, so it went on tour because he had no purpose to keep it anymore. Um, and he's just a real special human being. So that kind of humanity was entering into my stand-up. And I was finding jokes that always ended up with a, with a, a joke, you know, penis-oriented, you know, just to try to get a laugh. Um, because it's always a common denominator. And it's, if it's self-deprecating, you're not hurting anybody. You know, it's PG-13, you know. Yeah. If, if, I don't know. Is, is that okay that I said that word? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I've listened to the it's, podcast. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Dick Bob, and fart is, jokes. We're all about the dick and fart jokes here, Bob. Oh, you are? Because those are, they're involuntary things. I mean, we all own males uh, or, or people that have those units um you know a, a fart is involuntary and and that's like laughter to me if people fart while i'm on stage that's a compliment it means they're incredibly comfortable with what i'm doing what well, were you going to say i cut you off sorry not at all i was just going to say i listened to the podcast i listened because i had bill on as well uh, earlier this season and i listened to the podcast you did with bill burr and it's just interesting the dynamics because most people aren't approaching interviews with regardless of whether you're friends with bill and you know him, but you're approaching interviews as somebody who's like more than a household name in america you've been successful for a few decades now so how is the dynamic are you are you mostly talking to people you know or do you find just to try and get you're just trying to get a connection with somebody yeah it's really about a connection um there's a, a comedian um, Wyatt Cenac, who had an HBO series, and I, I don't know if it ran there because it was really about America, uh, a really brilliant series, and he's, he's, he's a wonderful comedian who happens to be um, black. Um, I, I don't know what we say anymore because here they've been saying African-American for so long, but what about African-Canadian, um, you know, African-English? No one says that. People just say person. Yeah, you know, person of color, that's, that's, that's a general kind of accepted well, term, I think. That, and that's, I don't even, I, I grew up with racism. I was a, a Jewish kid, and now we go to a blank screen. Um, <laughs> but I was, I lived in, <laughs> I was, um, you know, that's right. I was, I was, uh, I, I was, that's me. That was, no, sorry, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I was a Jewish kid in Norfolk, Virginia. What? Hello? Hello? Um, but I um, was persecuted and kids threw rocks at my head and called me a Jew. And, uh, you know, so I had a taste of what it's like to have a hard childhood. And, and it's just, uh, you know, I mean, you go back through anybody's history. I mean, look at all the stuff, the ancestors of people in Ireland and, 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 uh, and I mean, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it, you know, it's more hidden in other places and more places are more open. I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of other countries right now. Um, <laughs> let's just say I wouldn't mind being in Dublin right now. 
Um, that kind of thing, did you find that that shapes your humor? It makes you funnier because it's almost like a coping mechanism. It is. You have to be on your wits. And that's where comedy comes from in a lot of cases. It's being the outsider. And, and that's what you were saying. You were asking me about my conversation with Bill Burr. For the first 20 minutes, because we are friends, he just berated me. He just attacked me. He, the, the show I did, Full House, which I, I know was uh, played in Ireland. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Everybody knows Full House here. Right. And he said that my stand-up was nothing more then all the lines that they wouldn't let me say on Full House with F-bombs dropped around it. And I said, what? What are you, what are you talking about? I couldn't use those. What, what? And he just was doing a Bill riff, which he does so well. And uh, he did it for about 20 minutes. And then I attacked him for about 12 minutes. <laughs> and then, we, and then and, you know, set it on stud. You know, we're comedians. You know, you throw one rock at a comedian and they throw a thousand back can get catapults and do everything to start a verbal war and um it just is he's just one of the dearest people right now and he's in a movie that i really love the pete davidson movie which is all over the world right now um it's called the king of staten island and judd apatow directed it and bill is just amazing in this movie so i go on other people's shows like yours (laughs) movies i have nothing (laughs) to do with but it's it's a special one um and I'm in the middle of setting up, uh, directing a, a movie right now, a feature film, which might end up on on the TV streaming because that's where a lot of big movies are going. And, and it's a loss unless the whole world watches it and then yeah. they can make their money, big companies. But, mm-hmm. um, but to answer your question, I don't just have friends. I have people that I care about, like, like Wyatt. Jay Farrow is a, is a friend. He's so we, talented. We, yeah. He's so talented. We toured guy. together. Um, we did the um, the Alley Coalition, um, Ally Coalition, not Alley. That's where I spent my time uh, before I went on. But the the uh, Ally Coalition. It was in Austin, Texas, and it was for the uh, LGBT. That's my locator for my airline. Uh, but it was the you know it's for the community of gay, lesbian, uh, questioning, um, transgender, and uh, we did a wonderful show uh, with a lot of great people that had been on Saturday Night Live and um, and he just went through a terrible harassment thing that happened here um, and that's just where we're at right now and I'm looking forward to um, this country uh, getting itself together and so I don't like to talk politics or religion because that's what you don't do on a date but we're in quarantine so people aren't going on dates you know, they, they, this would be a date right now. This people are going. Be, people are going nuts. I think is what they're doing. <laughs> that's what it is, and I think that didn't serve this country's term in terms of rioting. Also, people have been caged up, no work, no money, and feeling also disenfranchised. And, uh, and so everybody, it felt like an uprising was n- unfortunately not a surprise um, of of injustice. And so, and then the whole world uh, unified in sympathy of human rights because it's, we're supposed to be evolved and we just aren't. And will humanity ever be? I don't know. I'm just going to try to do humor and try to uh, find it where I can. And I, I write comedy music and, but it's all about something, you know, um, 
I, my last special uh, was called Zero to 60. I closed with a show, a song called We've Got to Be Kind to Each Other. Um, and, um, you know, it's just uh, one lyric was, um, uh, uh, if your mama is black and your papa is brown, if you're sitting at home in a white wedding gown, if you're working in porn as a part-time fluffer, if you live in the woods and you live, you sleep with your mother, we've got to be kind to each other. So I'm even saying, even if you're ancestral, be we've nice. got to be kind. Still be nice. Be nice to everybody. Be nice to mom if you and her <laughs> are making offspring that, again, won't be quite right. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's hard some people get offended by that you know because but if you don't turn the world on its side in your humor you know and make things take the onus off of things and i think that's what a lot of the satirists are trying to do uh, but satire is lost on a lot of people you really it's hard to find laughs when there's a lot of pain but that's my job and yeah. I, and i feel really I feel like I'm needed. And, um, and it was in that special where I was just getting ready to close the show and the audience went to a standing ovation. And that's not usual for me. And it doesn't happen on a comedy special before I'm done. So I, I did one song and I had one more to go because I do a few songs at the end of every special I've ever done and my standup. Because you, you don't do music and then talk for another 20 minutes. It just doesn't seem to... Yeah, now I'm going to do more monologues, um, but and tell more stories. But they stood up and and they somebody yelled out, "We need you, Bob." And I and this is how the podcast came about, actually. And I said, "Well, as long as you need me, I'm here for you." And it was like I thought I was Batman or something, <laughs> you know? It was like I was going to be there to be a dad figure, but also your friend who wants to be there to give you solace. So here I am, 64 years old, and I really don't look it and I have, I've had nothing done above, you know, below the neck. I've had nothing but work done. You know, I've got the pump, I've got all kinds of prosthetics. Uh, you don't have to do, uh, you know, there's some movie stars. I won't say who they are. They got older that supposedly they need a pump in order to perform, not just take easier, a pill. It has to be an easier way than that. Has there is a duct tape and a pipe cleaner. That'll do it. You can make a balloon animal. But um, that's it. That's sorry, Bob, for interrupting you. But that's interesting the way you, the reason why you started the podcast because I was going to ask that because you've had so much success already. You've done, you know, so much. You're still doing so much. You're writing a movie and everything else. A podcast didn't seem like an obvious uh, thing to do for somebody of your stature. You know, it kind of seems like somebody who's trying to get who's trying to get started in it. But that is that's why it's this whole America's dad thing. You were America's dad for such a long time, and you felt like people kind of needed that comforting voice of, of, of you, I suppose. That's very nice. That's nice to hear. And also some people look at me like the guy on entourage, you know, I'm their bro, you know, I'm the guy that will, will just say, I'll say anything. I mean, I don't care. I, I don't really believe in censorship and it depends. If you listen to the Bill Burr episode, I had to put a disclaimer at the front of it. I did. You know, cause they don't want, I got 13 year old people on, on, Instagram, you know, that are going like, oh, we're going to listen to your podcast. And, and some of them are, you know, more wholesome, you know, Jim Gaffigan's not a cursing guy. Uh, and yet he's one of the funniest people alive, you know? Um, but, but I, but I think I, I always will work. Some people say, well, you're going to be 65 in a year. You're going to retire. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, 
I, I don't understand the concept of retiring. I'm just getting started because now people let me are letting me go into any form of media that I want to do. So why not enjoy that? I mean, Rodney Dangerfield was a friend of mine and he was a world renowned comedian. Um, he had some great movies back to school and, and easy money. And, and he started by, he did some great things for me. He put me on a special with a lot of comedians that became Sam Kennison and a lot of comics that, became very well known. And then um, I also officiated his funeral. So I was friends with him a long time. In fact, that statue right there is Rodney Dangerfield. That's an award I got. I knew he had his, um, his was it his, no, we, we call a hash pipe for his, his bong? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was it was a pot pipe, but it was a hash pipe. Yeah. Um, and uh, Weezer has a good song about that. <laughs> hash pipe, it's called hash pipe. And um, I have his box that he kept all his pot in. And he always said, man, I need to smoke pot every day. I don't care who knows it. It's going to be on my epitaph. And it's not what's on his tombstone. But because he wanted to say, I smoke pot every day and I love it. Because it kept his, he was so neurotic. And he's, it's funny that you were saying how it's a defense mechanism that protects us, the comedy. He always looked at, at comedy for him. And he would say this. These are his words. It's like the Jew trying to get out of Germany during World War II. And he does six minutes for the border guard. And if he's funny, the guard goes, you, you may pass. And, and that was it. I and mean, it was like, and that's kind of when you, if you think about it, in life, if you, if you tap dance well for the person that's persecuting you, perhaps they'll let you go and not shoot you in the back, you know? Unless they find tweets from 10 years ago and then it's game over. <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, I haven't erased my tweets from 10 years ago. There's a lot of jokes in there that, um, you know, I'm not taking them down. I, I know I'm, I, maybe I'll have to apologize, but I mean, I would do jokes that were, uh, they would be, be a joke in nature of what people are getting in trouble for and always will get in trouble for, which is dating someone too young for you, like way too young for you, like inappropriate at all. But I would, and then I would always say in my standup, this is just wrong. This is a joke that you can't say anymore. Uh, this is don't say this joke and then tell the joke. Um, and then, you know, a joke like this, I mean, I'll do, I'll do it here. Cause it's, it's wrong. I mean, but the point is that's not me. I'm just saying something wrong cause I'm literally the opposite of it. You know, I'm like your dentist, you know, or accountant. Oh wait, you can't trust them either. <laughs> cause dentists drill people. There you go. But, um, I like puns um, and that makes me a dad joke teller and people go, Oh, you, you know, they, they, you, you have dad jokes. They call oh, them yeah, dad yeah. jokes. Right. So no, Bob, we don't speak English. Um, <laughs> but, but, but people go, Hey, Oh, that's just a dad joke. I go, well, you didn't think of one. Why don't you try to write one? Or that just think, funny. They are I funny. think, well, they are because they also, they're from your dad. And, and truthfully, most real dad jokes are filthy. But they don't tell them to their kids. But well, they tell them, they'll tell them at the pub. They'll tell them to their friends, right? The, the other dads, because they're so repressed at home. <laughs> but mine was, I was in love with this girl um, for 25 years. She's 30 now. So you can't tell that joke. You know, that's, you're laughing because it's wrong. It's, it's just, but it's like Lenny and Mice and Men type of joke. It's just, yeah. it's wrong. Um, and so that's, you know, but you're prefixing it by saying it's a joke. And I think it's fascinating what you're saying about satire because 
comedians are the canaries in the coal mine. So if comedians can't get away with satire, and then there's a whole discussion about what satire is and punching up and, and punching down, it's a perilous place to be, but not if you don't care, I suppose, and you're just about the art or whatever. Well, that's one of the problems is freedom of speech. And, um, and a lot, a lot of people are being caught on everything right now. Um, you know, it, it was uh, hashtag me too. Then it's, it's just gone through. It's been everything. There's been a lot of bad people, people that have done really, really bad things with underage people, people they shouldn't have done. I mean, just bad things. And, um, and that's not stopping. So some people call it a witch hunt. In other ways, it is a, hey, let's call out that this has to stop. So there's a, every circumstance is different, but it's pretty obvious if someone in the news is doing something terrible, there will be horrible jokes written about them. Yeah. You know, and, and the worst, you know, sometimes tragedy plus time, there is no time. There, you know, there's some things that it'll never be funny. You know, there, there, there won't be jokes that, that, that about what's been happening in the U.S. That, that will ever be funny because of the context of where they come from. And so it's just to honor them and, um, and know that they're there uh, and pay respect and support human rights and human justice all, all over the world. But since when have we had that, you know? Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. I just wanted to briefly tell you about our sponsor for this season of The Delve, Spotlight Oral Care, which is an Irish company founded by two Irish dentists. Uh, they're a sustainable company, they're an ethical company. So long story short about me and my teeth, I had my teeth straightened a couple of years ago. It made me hyper aware of oral care in general. Spotlight Oral Care really recognized that and do products specific for people. And um, so I've been using their men's teeth whitening strips for a couple of weeks now. I've found it fantastic. I've also been using, which is the, which is the crown and the jewel for me, uh, the Sonic Toothbrush, which is just a phenomenal product. It's got three different settings and um, it's got a two minute timer. So you're, you're cleaning your teeth for two minutes. I'm using their uh, sensitive toothpaste and you're cleaning your teeth for two minutes and it just switches off. You're like, okay, I've brushed my teeth for the sufficient amount of time. They've also given us a discount code of DELVE25. So if you use the code DELVE25, you'll get 25% off any Spotlight Oral Care products on their site. Back to the show. I think it's funny though, because the, the really great comedians and uh, satirists or whatever you want to call them, they can kind of do both. Like Dave Chappelle, What's he say? Well, he says you have an obligation to be reckless. Remember saying that in one of his specials. Yeah. Comedians out the back, and you know, there's a, there's a few people that can do that. I think John Stewart was one as well, but they could entertain and inform at the same time. Well, and, he's an unusual case because he's one of the best comedians alive on this earth, and he's a, he's a dear friend of mine. We've known each other forever. I mean, I was directing a movie called Dirty Work, and he was in a movie that he wrote called Half Baked. And that was in 1998. They both came out the same year. And I, that was my famous line where I stood up and said, you know, what I used to do for Coke, how I would get Coke. Um, so I can't say it here. I, that, that I will censor myself. But we have always adored each other. And um, through the years, we've always, like, if we see each other at a friend's house or, or something recently, last year, We'll go up to, to each other and we'll just hug each other and we'll go, what the hell's wrong? With the, we're, we're, you know, we, I, I shouldn't say the F word, right? No, you can say the F word. It's fine. 
okay, so what in frankincense is wrong with the world? You know, and myrrh, frankincense and myrrh. Why is everyone so freaking, you know, we would say, what the fuck is wrong with people? I, I don't understand hatred of anybody. And we would hug for a long time and it never got uncomfortable. It was it was face to face. It wasn't like one person's facing the other way saying, you complete me. <laughs> and But he's he's pure love and he's angry. And this uh, 846 is a very special, poignant thing. There's a couple laughs in it, and they're simply him telling the truth. And he's making his attacks on certain people that I agree with how he, his, how he looks at it. Um, and he's a bit of a prophet, a little bit. We don't want to deify him, nor does he want that. But it's him. He's Dave Chappelle. And Richard Pryor was a friend of mine. And Richard would say his experience, which was pretty horrific. I mean, Richard was a man who was, he grew up in a house of prostitution and uh, he was into drugs at an early age. And he had to tap dance uh, for the white man and the mafia. And would talk about it in a standup and how he then changed. And George Carlin is another man who, who changed the boundaries. Um, and then you look at other people like Eddie Izzard, who just, have, I have so much respect for uh, people that just were, and then I, my, I'm, my, I'm the biggest fan of Monty Python and I, I'm lucky enough to be friends with Eric Idle. And they were, there's sketches that they did that are relevant right this second about, you know, the difference between the rich and the poor and, and making fun of someone because of the color of their skin. And it was all done in a way of, of poking fun at idiots, at aristocracy. And But but Dave's 846, I recommend the whole world should see, but especially in America, because that's where the a true pandemic um, of other sorts is happening. And he is so funny. He's just, he's, you know... I got a man crush on the guy. <laughs> it sounds like he has one one on YouTube as well. If you're face to face Hogan, so that's cool. It's face to face, and I, <laughs> I texted him right after eight forty six. I I I texted him, and two minutes later, and I was out to dinner with a friend of mine, comedian Jeff Ross, who's very funny and very sweet. Yeah, I've seen him do stand up before. Yeah, yeah, he roasts people, and and he um, and he. Uh, I was out to dinner with him and Dave Chappelle's wife was with us at dinner. So I took a picture with her together. Uh, just her and me, her and I, I don't know. I never <laughs> learned English. It was just English is my second language. <laughs> First is just moaning and then, <laughs> and grunting and snoring. Um, but I took a picture of, of Dave's wife and myself and I sent it to him and I said, $10 million or you'll never see her again. <laughs> And I got back immediately emoticons of tears pouring out of his his eyes. I texted him last week, and it, five minutes later, you know, from across the country, he's just, you know, sending me love, you know. And that's the bottom line. That's what we have. That's what we have to spread. Is just like to stop it. Just stop it. And there's going to be a backlash for everything we're going through. You know, it's just, it's sad. I wish humanity could evolve more. But in the meantime. You know, that's my outlet right now is a podcast and I work on it constantly. You're, how often do you do this show? 
this I do this once a week, but for 10 episodes. So you're one of 10 guests this season. So this show was owned by, I used to do it for a bigger publisher and I bought it back when the pandemic hit. So at Anthony I'm Scar- so honored. So it's you, Anthony Scaramucci, Bill, um, Amanda Knox. Uh, we've got a guy called Chris Voss, who's the chief negotiator. I, the FBI. Right. So, uh, so you're, you're one of our 10 guests this season and we're delighted to have you. I am so honored. And you have that amazing uh, virtual backdrop of just a door and, and, and a nightstand. It's so real. Looking. I, I joke with my girlfriend, Bob, that she's like David Fincher. Do you know where the frame needs to be perfect? She's like moving stuff out of the background. Because Amanda Knox had this beautiful setup. Look, you're a beautiful setup at the back there as well. Well, that's my office, like, you know. It's just like a spare room. No, I love it. I love it. And it's off center. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're in the you're not in the middle of the door. You could be right in the middle of the door. So, so you're going to keep doing the podcast for the foreseeable? Is there are you like yeah. you're going to do it and just going to keep doing and put one out every week? I'll, I'll do it forever. I mean, you know, we all know everyone has a podcast. My kid across the street, not my kid. I don't think he's my kid. <laughs> Half the neighborhood are my children. This, these hills are riddled with bastard children of mine. But, you know, literally everyone has a podcast. There's hundreds of thousands of them. But, um, you know, it's different for me because of, of whatever fame I've gotten to. But I, I love conversing. You know, I love being real and not going, okay, we're going to go to our little segment we like to call 10 questions. You know, what turns you off? I don't, I don't know your voice, you know. <laughs> because you like you've obviously presented so much stuff as well. We would say presented. You've hosted so much, so much stuff as well. Yeah. And one thing I think you notice is obviously not with you, but with other people, especially here, that presenters who are used to doing not that straight up studio autocue presenting, when they try and do a podcast, they can't be authentic. It's not something that comes natural yeah. to them. They can be slick, but they can't be authentic. And that's what I knew. I knew how to do, which is just be conversational. And I mean, just be real. I mean, you know, there's no smoke and mirrors. I try not to edit, you know, you edit when you have to edit. I mean, I doubt you edit, right? You, you're you doing a live half hour. Yeah, we, we'll put, we'll like, because I'm shooting this side, obviously Joe is shooting this side, we'll put it together, but we won't put anything out. It's, that's, it's, that's what I do. Yeah. Unless I, and I, I don't say anything that I wouldn't say. So, or if I do, I love the, digging out of the hole that i've dug <laughs> that's a whole other thing but bob i don't want to keep you much longer you've been so no please advice. please my wife's asleep please <laughs> please talk to me and let me show you i have i have my act this is my go-to for zoom calls this is my ex-wife i have it here <laughs> and she got a belly ring and that and look how clean she is she, I, didn't know, I didn't know they still made those they i don't somebody sent it to me because i made a comment about a troll doll on something. And I started getting all this free stuff. When you mention something, you get stuff. I mean, I look something when you're Bob Saggish, you get stuff. If I mention something, nobody sends me shit, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you need that for the compost, True. for the yard, you know, maybe you got plants. What's in that? Is that just pure whiskey? It's just water. I, I no, come on. You're in Dublin. That's booze. I'm a bad Irishman. I can't, uh, I can't re- I'm not a huge drinker, would you believe? I can't, uh, two, or three, two or three drinks and I'm, I'm pretty spent. And then I'm getting old, I'm, I'm, I'm 38 now. So the older I'm getting, the more difficult the hangovers are. 
and I'm, I'm a pussy with hangover. Don't stuff. complain about that. Yeah, but you're a rich 64. Like, you look great. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm like just a low middle class 30. I, I don't know. I have a, I have a face for, for Zoom. <laughs> what about leprechauns? Have you ever seen one? I've seen some small ginger people, but I've never seen a leprechaun. Yeah, the ginger people are cute. I don't know. They can't see. We, we have the weather for the gingers here. They can go outside because the sun's not shining that much. LA, maybe not so much. It's a little bit rarer. Well, Billy yeah, shaved get, his head. You know, that's great. A ginger person that shaves their head, but they're still freckled. Yeah. I got freckles all over, but I don't, I don't have red hair. But, um, but I had a song I used to do in my stand-up, uh, a leprechaun song, which is, um, I'll eat your dog, I'll shine your shoes. Fuck you, I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> and then I would go, magically delicious, yellow moons, pink hearts, fuck you. So can we, before you go, Bob, tell us who else you have on the show. Does, who else you have coming up? Or do you have them recorded or do you have them lined up? I've got, I've got some wonderful people uh, coming up. I just, um, I, well, I had Howie Mandel, who I, I love very much, and um, John Mayer, as I said. Um, I, I've got a, uh, so many guests, it's hard to even think of. I'm trying to think of who I have that's coming up really soon. Judd Apatow is going to do it. Um, I also have a lot of, I mean, I'm looking forward, I'm about to have uh, Jay Farrow and Wyatt Cenac. Um, but one of the things I love about it also is that I call people uh, and, and they call this number, they leave. They could call from um, Ireland and I will call them back. Um, they tell them what on Instagram and Twitter when I'm going to call. And I see how people are doing and they tell me what's up. And it's, it's, I hear people take calls, but this is, I'm not in a studio. I'm doing, I have a home behind this wall is a study that has the board, the full podcast board. And I just talked to six people in an hour and I'll talk to a guy who's completely stoned and he's laughing the whole time about, about COVID-19. And I'm like, what? Um, why is it called COVID-19? Do you know? I don't know. I, I, I do recall watching somebody speak about it on the news, but there's too much information going into my head every day. I think it was pushed out. They, they, I think, well, it's good that it's pushed out because holding it in is not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not repressing it. No, do not hold it in. You'll get bad stomach pains. But uh, 19, I think they took out. I think it's just COVID now. I don't know what it is. The but one that's making us all stay inside. That's, that's I what just, it's going to be known as. I want to fly where you are, but I've got to wear a face shield and no food for 14 hours. And, I you, don't also, know and you also have to be like quarantined off for two weeks. They're doing that here now. So anybody flies in and they have to give their address where they're going to be for two weeks. So that's the tourism industry that's, that's gone to shift for the foreseeable, I suppose. But I suppose if it saves lives. Yeah. And I think it, I'm, I'm hoping it, it does. It seems to be working. Um, I don't know. They say there's going to be a rise in the fall. Um, I don't, they don't know. know, do they? I don't think they, they don't quite know because it's such a new thing and it's terrifying. It took a while to get smallpox and polio under under siege to stop it. I, I don't know what it is terrifying. We, and we never thought we'd see it because we just walk around dum de dum de dum and alcohol cures all. Alcohol <laughs> sales are way up. I'm really excited about that. The bars are closed here and somehow the alcohol sales appear to have gone. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm going to have Jim Jeffries on, um, um, and and, and uh, John Oliver said he's going to do it as soon as he's got a minute because he's working. Oh, you had asked about the podcast. I just 
my mind's got four channels. They're always going. Do you find that also that you've got a lot going on in your head that you would be, I mean, I, I'm totally engaged and in yeah. the moment, but do you find that you've got, you'll go back to other that. I mean, I free associate as that's my nature and I let myself do it in my standup and in my podcast conversing. Uh, do you find yourself doing that as well? Cause you seem what, to go wherever your guest goes. Yeah. I just try and listen. So that's, that's my whole thing. I, I literally just did a, a radio slot. Uh, promoting the show I mentioned you promoting the show on a station here called 2FM talking about the show and that I was going to be speaking to you literally just as I clicked in uh, to the zoom meeting with you I just come from a live radio slot so my brain took a second to kind of correlate but that's what I try and do with this show because I've been interviewing people for a long time and I've done the movie junkets where it's five or six minutes whatever it is and it's like a conveyor belt and it's difficult to get any sort of authenticity or have a real conversation. So now I just try and chat to people I want to chat to and listen. Because nobody gives a shit about me, Bob. They care about you. They care about I, my guests. But I think that's... No, they do give a shit about you when you talk like that. That, you know? I mean, to me, that's, that's something I've had to learn. I had... I, I did an Instagram Live with Wyatt Cenac last week. And... I just, he had a lot on his mind and wanted to speak. And that's been the problem everywhere is that people don't listen. I mean, if people really listened and didn't yell, well, we wouldn't have had all these wars and had all of our territories defined. You'd have a different Ireland. Yeah, but that's, that's discourse, right? That's civ civic and political discourse where people can actually have conversations and work things out. Sometimes they call it intercourse because countries have all... <laughs> They do. It's so funny, but in history, they go, we had a fine intercourse, and that's before it meant what it means. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is that, because countries are usually trying to fuck the other country. So, um, But I think once boundaries, <laughs> boundaries are still going to change. In the Middle East, hey, let's get started on that. That'll be a good topic. Yeah, good Lord. My God, it's where the civilization supposedly started from? I don't know. Doesn't seem too good, <laughs> you know. I mean, is we got we got to do something. I don't know what it is. I think maybe just everybody should just take out their willy and just shake it at their neighbor. I know everybody needs to start a podcast. I think that's the that's the solution. Everybody, for everybody. everybody needs to start, and then we'll just let the cream rise to the top. That's, that's what I did that last night, but I can't. Do that. <laughs> that's that's my gift. R-rated garbage. That's my gift. This is America's dad. What? Right. That's what I'm here for. And that's why people like it because they go, wait a minute. And, and when I'm talking to people, some guests I'll have on in the podcast are, are not cursing and others are just like a sailor, but some sailors don't curse. You know, people go, he curses like a sailor. I know many sailors that do not drop an F bomb anywhere. They drop a bomb, but not an F bomb. But um, I, I just want to be there for people because they have an interest and um, and make people feel better if I can. You've got a new subscriber with the podcast with me now. Anyway, I listened to the I listened to the one with Bill because I just spoken to Bill and it was such a fun chat. And I just think it's fantastic that dynamic that you have that you're you're Bob Sagers and you're having conversations with people who obviously know who you are. And it takes a second uh, to for them to be like, oh, this is just a conversation. This is cool. Uh, thank you. A lot. And I also notice people that don't know me uh, from other countries and stuff. 
that hear about it. And then that's the biggest compliment because it's, it's existing on its own. And they're going, that was a really good conversation. Thank you. Um, and it was interesting talking to John Hamm, which is just out. Um, and it's also on my, I don't have like a, I just started a, the podcast. People started a YouTube page for me. So I got like nothing. I got millions on Twitter and on Instagram, but on, I got like a thousand on. <laughs> I'll give you a few YouTube subscribers. If you give me a couple of million Instagram followers, that's, that that seems fair, right? Absolutely. A couple I'll million done, done and done. What's your Instagram name? I'm Mike Sheridan. Okay. I'll start, I'll start following you. I'm going to see what else exists where you live. <laughs> it's just me promoting myself for work. Then like, hire me. But but you show other, that's all it is? And your whole Instagram? A little bit, a little bit. Like anything, you go back really far, you'll find, I don't know, horrible pictures or pictures that like, of bell-bottom jeans. We're not that old, but you, you, right. you, you know what I mean? Mine, you go back and see how unhappy I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like in between and all the X's have been omitted. Um, so it's like, oh wait, I was dating that person then? And it's like, that's the cleaning that I did was uh, but now it's it's the first time in my life i've been married now three years we've been together four it's the first time in my life where i don't mind sharing putting her on my stuff because she does it professionally uh for a living um and she's really really good at it but it's just wonderful to be hey it's not like oh my wife beautiful look at me aren't i badass it's not that it's like I'm her bitch. Look at this. <laughs> I literally do whatever she says. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm not wearing a harness right now. Well, Bob, I think I think that's a, I think that's a great place to leave it. I'm literally <laughs> her bitch. I am her bitch. I can't I can't thank you enough for your time. This has been an absolute blast, and it's an it's same an here. I really enjoyed meeting you. This is really nice, and this is meeting someone now. Right. I know it's so right. Weird. I'm swiping right on you. Oh.